The Pelicans blew a double-digit lead yet again, and a couple of quotes from Willie Green make you wonder if they can turn it around. I'll tell you what the Pelicans head coach said and why it's a problem in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, day after the Pelicans fall to the Memphis Grizzlies in overtime, 116-115, another blown double-digit lead. The Pelicans led by as many as 15 points in this one, taking a double-digit lead into the fourth quarter here. So we're going to break down what happened and why a couple of quotes from head coach Willie Green are actually really concerning when you look at it in the larger context of this loss, because there's a couple of lessons to be learned from this game, from really the whole season. And at this point, hearing these quotes, seeing these quotes, makes you wonder if the head coach doesn't really understand What's happening and why these things are happening? And if he doesn't, can the Pelicans get out of this mess? We're going to break that all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. The good, the bad, bad after another blown double digit lead. Listen, Monday through Friday, become an everydayer, support the channel. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube if you are an everydayer. We are here every single day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's get right into it, right? 116-115 loss for the Pelicans in overtime to the Memphis Grizzlies, blowing a double-digit lead, 15 points, really in control of this game until the final five or six minutes where they let Memphis tie it up, goes into overtime, and they end up losing. So there's a couple of ways to look at this game, right? You want to do the glass-half-full approach? All right, the positive approach was... The Pelicans played well, and they just threw it away late in the fourth quarter. And if they can figure that out, they're going to move on from there. And look, head coach Willie Green agrees with you. And I'm pulling these quotes from Mola.com. And Willie Green says, quote, For three and a half quarters, our game plan discipline was at a high level. We were executing. As the game started to get a little close, they, the Memphis Grizzlies, upped their level of physicality, and we started to turn the ball over and let them right back in the game. End quote. So, look, on the surface, surface of it, and we're going to get below the surface here, Willie Green is correct. They were up. They were winning. They did enough to win the game by being up that much in the fourth quarter. Really as simple as that. They've also done this a number of times this season and then had those losses happen, almost snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. But... What I think is really interesting, what he says here is, for three and a half quarters, and there's another quote that I'm going to use from Willie Green that's going to be in the next segment where he mentions three and a half quarters again, right? For three and a half quarters, our game plan discipline was at a high level. We were executing. And 
And I think that's a misguided approach because the way I look at this game, particularly the first quarter, they were not executing. They were not doing what they should do to win a game. And the fact that they were up by 15 double digits, I think could be chalked up to a little bit more luck than he wants to admit. If you look at the first quarter of this game, really the first half of this game, the Pelicans weren't fully in control. In fact, they lost the first quarter 24 to 19. If you lose the first quarter 24 to 19, can you really say for three and a half quarters when you blew the fourth quarter, you're in control of this game? I don't know. You're down uh, five right there. And Memphis was playing and shooting terribly. So were the Pelicans, right? Pelicans shot one of eight in the first quarter from three. Herb Jones went 0 for 2. CJ McCollum 0 for 3. Najee Marshall 0 for 1. Trey made 1. Jose Alvarado 0 for 1. Brandon Ingram didn't take 1. Zion didn't take 1. Valanciunas didn't take 1. You know, they struggled. They shot 35%, 7 for 20 from the field in the first quarter. They had six turnovers in the first quarter. The Memphis Grizzlies had four blocks in the first quarter. They had five steals in the first quarter. The Pelicans had just four assists. Is anything they were doing there, they were four of seven from the free throw line. Is anything they did in the first quarter make you feel like they were executing their game plan or doing something to win the game? I don't. And if Willie Green thinks that first quarter was good, he is very misguided. Again, the starters were bad. They've been bad. The starting lineup of CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas has had a net rating this season. B.I. was one of four, including getting some of his shots blocked. Because the spacing has been terrible because there's not enough three-point shooting. The starting lineup went 0 for 5 from 3. Look, at a certain point, this isn't working. Your starters should be winning the minutes for you. It shouldn't be your bench that wins the games for you that has a positive plus minus. It's supposed to be your starters. Then your bench comes in and you hope they don't completely blow it and just maintain the lead or lose it a little bit. It shouldn't be the other way around where they make up for the negativity that is the starters right now. So when Willie Green says, for three and a half quarters, our game plan discipline was at a high level we were executing, They did not execute in the first quarter. And in fact, it took them going on an 8-0 run in the second quarter to build a bit of a lead to then kind of get back into this game. Only then for them to go ice cold again because the spacing was bad, the offense ground to a halt, and then Memphis, I believe, went on a 7-0 run immediately after that to more or less even things up. Nothing about them in the first half was particularly great, in my opinion. They were up 5, 48-43, with Memphis shooting 4-23 of from deep. Memphis was horrifically off from 3. They weren't shooting well at all. They shot 38% from the field in the first half. If they get a little bit more shooting variance, basically it being more normalized... Closer to the mean, regression to the mean can go both ways. New Orleans isn't winning this game at halftime. So for Willie Green to think they did a really good job in all aspects of the game, no, they did enough to build a lead partially because they got some luck because Memphis wasn't playing well and wasn't making shots. Part of that's by design. I'll give them that, right? 
when you're letting Bismack Biombo at times, you know, take jumpers and in, you know, guys take shots, John Morant shooting seven threes going one of seven. That was part of their game plan. That was partially by design. Okay, that stuff works. But I think to look at all this and be like, oh, they were really good. No, not at all. Even with a 15-point lead, you could see the process to get there was absolutely flawed. So instead of looking at the results, and this is why on the show, I regularly say, look at the process over the results, Willie Green is looking at the results, not at the process, because there's enough data out there, particularly in this game, to say, no, this wasn't working. So when they blow this fourth quarter lead, when variance kicks in, right, things get normalized, they lose, and it shouldn't be a shock. There's a couple more quotes from him that show maybe they're just really not getting that. I want to look at that coming up, because changes have to be made, I think, and if they're not going to, to do that... We're going to have a problem here, and this team is going to struggle, and that's why the show we did yesterday was maybe we need to have a cold hard truth of this team isn't a contender because there's flaws with the roster unless you really make some dramatic changes to your rotation and other things because some of the lineups were bad. I'll go into more of the bad lineups that we saw that are playing significant minutes in tomorrow's show, but certainly this is becoming a problem for the Pelicans now, and it's a reason why they blew another double-digit lead. So coming up next... More quotes from Willie Green that should make you concerned about the rest of this Pelican season. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about eBay Motors because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with the players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week. Jalen Johnson. If Jalen Johnson was dropped in your league, make sure you grab him now as he's returning from injury in the coming games. He's going to be playing a bigger role. You also have Dante Exum. Jason Kidd said that when healthy, the Mavs are still planning on starting Exum. His shooting will regress, but that role is enticing. So, Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is here to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I work on all of my cars. I'm restoring a basically 50-year-old car right now. It needs parts. My daily driver Jeep needs parts. When I want to upgrade the parts, I got to take another part off, which means you got to put a part back on. If that part doesn't fit... Your ride isn't on the road, and what good is it doing there for you? And that's why I shop at eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you can make sure your vehicle stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it needs, eBay Motors has it. And my favorite part with eBay, eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your vehicle the first time, every time of your money back, and at the prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your vehicle on the road over at ebaymotors.com, eBay guaranteed fit of Available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, the good, the bad, like this loss. We're going to dive deep into the stats and the lineups in tomorrow's episode of some that are playing way too many minutes that the team needs to get rid of. I wonder if head coach Willie Green is going to do that because I have serious questions after this in his comments after the game. So make sure you become an everydayer so you never miss an episode. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's going to be coming up. You don't want to miss tomorrow's show. So let's get into this game a little bit more. Again, a 116-115 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies in overtime. The Pels do some things right. We're not going to be super negative here. In t- well, we're going to be negative in today's show. As I've said, they still have a winning record. They're doing some things right. It's more just little tweaks they need to make that maybe just maximize what they have here. And they can start being a little bit more consistent but changes need to be made certainly are they going to figure that out though you know Willie Green says they must and here's a couple of quotes that I find kind of interesting here Willie Green says it's our free throws our execution it's our turnovers it's not one guy it's all of us we have to learn from this we're in it together we have to figure it out together end quote he goes on to say quote this is where we have to grow We have to learn to get to our spots, execute with force and pace, make solid passes. Then when we get to the free throw line, make our free throws. For three and a half quarters, we did it. For the last five, six minutes, we didn't, end quote. So as we just explained in the first segment, they didn't do this for three and a half quarters. They blitzed them kind of in the second quarter a little bit in the third quarter. Second, How do you learn from this? What do you learn from this? What is there more to learn when the starters continually have a negative net rating or lose their minutes and you rely on the bench? What is that telling you? What is there to learn from and grow from this, right? Why are the starters in the negative? I'd argue it's spacing. Why do the Memphis Grizzlies have that many blocks in this game? Because the spacing was terrible. They had 17 blocks. 17 blocks. Think about that for a second. 17 blocks, 10 steals for the Memphis Grizzlies. Does a good offense allow the opponent to get 17 blocks and 10 steals? No. The starters have been losing their minutes because the offense is bad, because the spacing is bad. How many times is Zion Williamson out there with one shooter? You want to slow down Zion, put a ton of bodies at the rim because teams aren't scared of literally anybody else. Herb Jones is not being guarded on the perimeter right now by anyone from the Memphis Grizzlies. It's just a fact. So to regularly run some of these lineups out there, and again, we'll look at these more tomorrow and the stats behind them, is just frustrating to see. And he says, we need to learn to make better passes. You're never going to make better passes when there's no space. You're not going to score at the rim easier which is what they need to do when there isn't any space. It's really as simple as that. How do you coach up better free throw shooting? Right? The Pelicans in this one from the free throw line. 21 of 33. They've been bad all season long at it. If there was a magic trick to fix this, it would have been waived by now. Or a magic wand that could fix this. It would be waived by now. Right? Maybe there need to be bigger changes than just execute better. That's what gets really frustrating here. You know, C.J. McCollum gets it. He said after the game, quote, 
I'm going to the film. We've got to do a better job at um, better job at an organizational standpoint. We're putting the ball in our best players' hands. It's just about making sure the spacing is right and who we want to be the next pass. Just little stuff like that. Then we got some decent looks and some of the possessions were awful and just figuring out our matchups. End quote. It's not the best phrase thing, but he says the spacing's not right, and that's going to make everything tougher. Jordan Hawkins in this game, in the game that the Pelicans shot 10 of 31, 32.3%, didn't play. Jose Alvarado went one of four. Dyson Daniels was one of one from three. You know, on the season, let me look at Jose's past couple games or Dyson's past couple games. When you look at these, they're not shooting well. And that is contributing to these turnovers, right? That is why the Pelicans are struggling to shoot. That is a big part of all of this. So you need to get the spacing right. And there's a guy on the roster that could help and he's not getting minutes. And that gets frustrating at this point in time. So they definitely need to start looking at this from a better standpoint, I think, because certainly they're not. Over his last, is it five games, Jose Alvarado is shooting 33%. That's not going to get it done, right? What is Dyson Daniels shooting, if anything at all? I'll pull that one up too, right? 33% isn't good at this point in the NBA. It needs to be better than that. And the Pelicans just aren't giving their best players the best chances to succeed. It's why Brandon Ingram is forced to take tough shot after tough shot. I don't love some of the mid-range shots he takes. I'm not disagreeing that those are the only options he has, though. And that's not a good position for him to be in. So as a head coach, you've got to put your players in the best position to succeed. And I don't know if they're doing that. Dyson's actually shooting well over the past five games. He's shooting 46.2% from three on, sorry, 40, 43% on 1.8 attempts per game. No one's still going to guard him because the volume's too low. That's the problem here, right? That's where some of the roster problems are. They just don't have the guys that are big difference makers to come off the bench. It's, again, why I pushed back that while I like all of these players, Jose, when I'm in my studio, you see the jersey behind me, is arguably my favorite player on the team. Love that guy tremendously. Is he helping you win games in this moment? or helping you maximize the starters, I don't think that he necessarily is. And that's a big problem for the team currently and why they're not living up to their potential and why when I look at them, one, I don't look at them as a championship team right now based on the roster they have. But does this even look like a top four team in the West when I'd said maybe their ceiling would be a top four team in the West? I don't think that is because it does feel like the coaching is holding them back with some of the lineups that they're doing and just not maybe getting it. You know, Willie Green keeps saying, us, we. When does he look in the mirror on all of this? I'm not saying you fire him. I don't think you should. Look at the Detroit Pistons, right? Again, he has a winning record. They're doing some things right. But at a certain point, you need another voice to come in and be like, hold on. And if then he doesn't get it, that's when you have a bigger problem. If that's happening now and he's not getting it, that would concern me. But I don't know how much the front office is stepping in and like forcing some changes and saying we got to try some other things. Here's the data behind it. Here are the analytics. They might be. You kind of hope they're not because otherwise then he really doesn't get it and that's a much bigger issue. But that's the problem. Like These quotes are concerning. Again, they didn't do well for three and a half quarters in this game. 
They got very lucky that Memphis was just off. Again, part of that's the game plan. Part of that's the game plan. But I'm not going to say it was entirely the game plan. Memphis was 11 for 46 from three, 23.9%. Jaw was one of seven. Now, in the last game, he beat them by basically blitzing them and only scoring in the restricted area, certainly. But one of seven is not normally what Ja Morant is going to shoot from three for his career, right? He is shooting poorly. Sorry, I yawn here from deep this season. But he, while not a good three-point shooter, shoots usually better than 18%. That's what he's shooting this year. He makes a couple more threes, two of them. You know, this looks entirely different if he's three of seven from deep. So I like some of the game plan, but you also need to go score more because when then you don't get stops, when guys step up like John Morant did and he got into the lane and scored at the rim in the fourth quarter, again, you end up losing a game that was very winnable. So those quotes from Willie Green really do have me concerned about the future of this team, if they're going to make the right kind of changes. And in tomorrow's show, we will look at some of the lineups that like aren't working and are working. And maybe we can provide some ideas of what the rotation should look like, some of the minutes that guys should be getting. So we'll be talking about all of that in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans. So let's switch gears because this was a very frustrating game. I don't think this team is maximizing their roster And they're just not setting these guys up for the type of success they have. You can win games. You can even get double-digit leads. But you're not going to be a championship contender. You're not going to be a top-four team in the Western Conference if this is what you're doing. And that's disappointing because the talent's here for it. And it's going to end up, if they keep going like this, going to end up being one of those seasons where we're going to be very frustrated at the end. But there was some good news for the Pelicans. It just came out in the form of a press release regarding the Smoothie King Center name. I do want to discuss that because I do think it's important. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Game Time. I literally just used Game Time to buy Saints tickets the other day. I was going to SoFi Stadium and I didn't know where to sit. I didn't know what was a good deal or anything. I've never been there before. You know, my first experience in this awesome place, I want to go have good seats. So I use Game Time because they made the ticket buying experience so easy and not frustrating at all, right? The things I love about Game Time, you get to see the view from your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. Plus, when I looked at other places, you know, you go to check out, you think you're getting a good deal, there's a ton of fees there. With Game Time, you can see the entire all in price up front, so you know you're getting a great deal with no hidden fees. And my favorite part was the Game Time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. It gives you peace of mind. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So if I see that elsewhere, after I buy my tickets to the game, I was going to get money back, which meant I was getting the best price the entirety of the time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's literally the code that I just used. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. 
And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Coming to y'all like nobody else does, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Today, we were looking at quotes from head coach Willie Green. Now, for your second listen, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So let's take a break from the Memphis Grizzlies game because this was frustrating i know you're upset let me sound off like vent in the comments down below it's totally cool we are here for you this is a safe space i'm frustrated too you can probably hear it we're not going full on angry cast but i really watching that game watching the second half watching the first half even you just never felt good about the team even with the lead that they had built look when you build a double digit lead you should feel a little bit okay with it and i just never did in this game and it's because of the process issues that they're having right now that don't seem to be going away for the pelicans whatsoever so let's not talk about that for a second because the pelicans announced on tuesday something that i do find pretty big and it was the press release that was the new orleans pelicans in the smoothie and smoothie king renew arena naming rights partnership all this is to say and i'm not going to read the whole of the press release here to you but the pelicans announced the renewal of their arena naming rights contract with smoothie king solidifying a continued partnership that has become synonymous with the vibrant spirit of new orleans okay quote the venue will proudly retain its distinctive identity as the smoothie king center for the foreseeable future that's the big line here i don't know how many years this is it wasn't specific with it but the fact is a big name partner that is giving the pelicans presumably a lot of money renewed the partnership that's big you know for a small market team where we've had some questions about maybe the viability of them how profitable are they all of those things the fact that a big name sponsor like this renews and re-ups i think does say something and is a really big deal this goes back to ibotta as well when they renewed with the pelicans i thought that was a very significant deal too it means these companies see value in this team you know, when we worry about things like the luxury tax, which they're in right now and they've never paid before, one of two franchises in NBA history to never pay the luxury tax, right? You know, when you think about things like that, they need revenue coming in. Money coming in matters to potentially the competitive nature of the franchise. So while you might not think naming it the Smoothie King Center for longer is hugely impactful, I look at that very differently and go, oh, okay. Maybe that means you can pay the luxury tax once, twice, however many times, right? Same thing again with Ibotta, you know, sponsored a lot of Pelicans as well. They do a great job of making sure that they're finding the value there and showing the team by renewing the, the jersey patch. I think those are both very significant things when it comes to this team and everything that they're trying to accomplish with all of that. So that's a very important thing. So hopefully this means, you know, they continue to stay in good financial health because they're run separately from the New Orleans Saints. They got to generate their own revenue. They need to do all of these things. So to see the Pelicans do that is great. One thing that's also, I noticed this the other day, and this should have been a tip that maybe this announcement was coming. I started to see more signage in the Smoothie King Center for calling it the Blender. You know, I think it had been kind of colloquially, like informally named the Blender by a lot of people. Good friend of mine, T-Bob Bear, always loves to call it the Blender, which I think is a great name. But I don't think that had been like an official 
calling it of the blender or anything like that. I don't remember seeing that in a press release. I don't even remember seeing like signage and stuff around in the Smoothie King Center calling it the blender. It is specifically referred to as the blender a couple of times in the press release here. And you started to see some signs about it the other day. So I guess they're going to really kind of lean more into it and call it the blender. So that might mean we call it the blender here on Locked on Pelicans and, you know, in social media when I use that and other things instead of calling it the SKC or the Smoothie King Center. Just something I noticed and I meant to ask about it here. I almost tweeted about it the other day and I would have looked really smart had I done that because now you see this release and I wonder if as they were negotiating this, they wanted to call it that more to kind of sound with, you know, just tie into Smoothie King with everything with that too. Another thing that I do think is actually kind of impressive about the Smoothie King Center re-upping of the naming partnership with everything here is also that what Smoothie King used to be headquartered out in Metairie, I believe. So local, we'll call it a New Orleans company, even if it was technically in Jefferson Parish with all of that. But I believe they've relocated and moved most of their operations to like Texas, Plano, Fort Worth, like one of those places. So for them to not really have the kind of same presence, even though they were founded in New Orleans, uh, that they once had, and still want to re-up and renew says something about the value that they're getting when it comes to the Smoothie King Center and the name and the partnership that they have here. So I do think that also says something too. If they were still headquartered here, that would be one thing, but I don't believe they are. They might still have a presence here, but I believe it's elsewhere now. You can correct me if I'm wrong in the YouTube comments. Don't 1000% hold me to that, but I believe that's correct as well. So let me know what you think about this game, 116-115 loss for the Pelicans. Are you more or less concerned about head coach Willie Green after this? Because I am more concerned. I'll give you some lineup data that illustrates how bad things have been and what could work for the Pelicans in tomorrow's episode of the show. So make sure you're an everydayer. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with y'all tomorrow.